This is Theology Refresh, Desiring God's podcast for pastors and Christian leaders. We're blessed to have Jerry Bridges here at the Desiring God offices today. And Jerry and I were just talking in the last few minutes about disciple-making, what it is and isn't, and we thought maybe it'd be helpful to hit the record button and capture a few uh, thoughts here for the podcast. And uh, d- Jerry, maybe we'd, let's pick up with, with where we were, we were talking. You've been with the Navigators for years. 60 years. And the Navigators are known as disciple makers, going back to Dawson Trotman and Leroy Imes wrote the book called The Lost Art of Disciple Making. Let's help uh, our our listeners think through what disciple making is and and isn't. Um, Do you want to pick up some of the things we were talking about? Yes. Well, as you and I were discussing before, uh, the usual passage of Scripture that's given as a basis for disciple-making is 2 Timothy 2.2. The things that you've heard from me among many witnesses commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And I always talk about there's the Paul, there's the Timothy, there's the faithful man, there's the others. I believe, upon more mature reflection, that that verse is not intended for disciple-making in general, but for the training of people who are gifted Mm -hmm. to teach others. We used to have the acronym Faithful, Available, Teachable. And I'd say that doesn't work. I mean, you need that. But in addition to that, you need to be gifted. Pastors are gifted. God has given them that gift of teaching and preaching the Word. So to me, disciple-making is in basically two stages. Mm -hmm. One I would call the initial or primary stage is helping a baby Christian to grow and begin to feed himself or herself from the Word of God. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, when a baby is born, you, he nurses at his mother's breast. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon he's being spoon-fed baby food and so forth. But the whole object is to bring him to the point where he can feed himself. That's right. And that's a big deal when she takes that little spoon and puts it up at her mouth and so forth, and that's what we want to help. That's what we want to help new Christians to do, mm-hmm. to come to the place where they can feed themselves, so that when they hear a sermon in church on Sunday morning, they can absorb it. Uh, I was at a point as a brand new Christian, I was like concrete. You know, you just pour water on concrete and it washes right off, and uh, I needed to be brought along in baby steps. Mm-hmm to learn how to feed myself in my time alone with God so that when I do hear others speak and teach, then I can absorb what they're saying and can apply it to my own life. Uh, I use the analogy with you of, a, of an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And in an orphanage, uh, they're all children, and particularly the emphasis is on smaller children, preschoolers, and so forth. And so the staff can work among all of those. But uh, if you have an orphanage that goes all the way to high school or even to college, then that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. And what we have in the local church, we have brand new Christians and we have Christians who've been walking with the Lord for 50 years. And the pastor has to speak to all of those people. And so what we need to do is to get with these young Christians and teach them how to feed themselves from the Word of God 
so that now when they hear the pastor, they have the ability to absorb it and to apply it in their lives. So to me, that's the first stage of disciple-making. And that applies to everybody. I, I believe, I know this is an unrealistic expectation, but I believe that every brand new Christian ought to have a, an individual who disciples them, who yeah. helps them take those baby steps and to begin to grow mm-hmm. in the Christian life. The second stage of disciple-making is then when we begin to uh, use our spiritual gifts and to pass on to others what we ourselves are learning. Now, I think that most Christians, not everybody, but most Christians can help a baby Christian, Mm -hmm. teach them what it means, how to read the Bible effectively, how to have that time alone with God, what it means to pray and how to pray and so forth. I think most Christians with a reasonable amount of maturity can do that. I don't think every Christian can bring everybody up to being where they are. Mm -hmm. That's where the giftedness comes in. And so to me, disciple-making is in two stages. It's that initial stage which everyone needs. It's that next stage which I would call more training that person, helping him or her to discover where their spiritual gifts are and how to uh, maximize those gifts in the body of Christ. So one thing you and I have both heard over the years that may be overly simplistic, it is overly simplistic, saying to Christians that you need to always have a Paul and always have a Timothy or multiple Timothys, which I I hear the motivation behind that, and I I appreciate it in particular for young believers who, who who are going through that formative season, you know, taking baby steps in their walk. And yet, there are different seasons of life, different giftings, and I don't know that's a mold we need to put on all Christians, all individual Christians at every stage of their Christian walk. Uh, The hope in good disciple-making is that we bring them to a level of maturity, semi-maturity, where they're self-feeders. Right. So, for instance, Jesus' own disciples... Uh, once he ascended, it didn't seem like they immediately went off to look for the next guy to be discipled by. He, no. he had brought them from uh, spiritual infancy, uh, and he'd brought them to a mature place where then they were able to lead and able to disciple others no. and able to be mature Christians. And even after just three years with them, they still needed the Holy Spirit to, no, to right. make that effective. <laughs> that's right. So uh, it's not just... Uh, you know, a set of one, two, three, four steps that we go through. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody needs, to, I think one of the things that people need to be taught most is our dependence upon the Holy Spirit to enable us not only to live the Christian life ourselves, but to fulfill our part in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think that Paul's words to Timothy in Second Timothy 2 2 are specifically directed toward the training of the next generation. Yes. And that certainly has its place. Mm-hmm. But that's not what every Christian is called to do. Mm-hmm. But I think most of us can take a new baby Christian and teach them how to have a quiet time and how to apply the Bible to their own lives and things like that. And uh, I think much more of this should be done uh, in the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately and I'm speaking in broad brush strokes now, I'm sure there have exceptions to this, 
but uh, people come to Christ and uh, then at best they may be put in a new believers class, mm -hmm. but they're getting very little personal help. Yes, and that seems to be the place in the Christian life uh, where it's most needed to have personal attention in that mentoring, right. discipling time is, is early on in the faith, those early days, those trajectory formative yes. times. Very good. Well, Jerry, thank you for giving us these thoughts. Maybe one more thing we could we could ask about. In, in, how does this then relate or not relate to the Great Commission? When Jesus says, disciple all the nations. How much should we hear uh, disciple-making, and, and how immediately connected to the fulfilling of the Great Commission is you know, this kind of way of thinking about discipling others, spiritual parenting? Well, the Great Commission is the end game. That's, that's the strategic objective. That's what the church is all about, is the fulfilling of the Great Commission uh, to make disciples among all of the nations. And uh, this starts, though, on an individual level. Mm -hmm. And I like to say that we should have a bifoc bifocal vision. You know, what bifocals are, yes. the long range and the short. Uh, and the close-up is what God has given me to do and my own sphere of ministry or my own local church or my own campus ministry with navigators or campus outreach or whatever. But at the same time, have in our mind the strategic objective, what this is all about, is the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a little uh, parable that we used to use in our ministry. Uh, we call it the parable of the cathedral building. Maybe you've heard this, but uh, the, the parable is the cathedral is being built, and so an observer comes up, and he sees these men laying stone or setting stone. And so he says to the first stonemason, what are you doing? And he says, I'm setting stone. And he walks along, and he says to the second stonemason, what are you doing? He says, I'm building a wall. But then he goes to the third stonemason, and he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm building a cathedral. Mm -hmm. Now, the fact is all three of them were doing the same thing, but only the third had in his mind what this is all about, see? And so I say each of us are stonemasons. We're, we're setting stone in our local church, in our campus ministry, whatever God has called us to do. We're setting stone, but we should keep in mind that what we're doing is building the cathedral of the Great Commission. Mm. And, of course, this involves people going, people uh, partnering with those who've gone through prayer and financial support. But I think most of all, for, for the great majority of us, it involves prayer. One of my passions is to get Christians to praying for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. That's good. Very good. Jerry, would you close us in prayer here as we finish? Our Father, we want to give you thanks that in the critical days of our early Christian lives, that both David and I had the privilege of being discipled, of being cared for as baby Christians. And we pray that this idea of caring for the baby Christians might spread throughout all of our evangelical community today. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, just lay it upon the hearts of those who are listening to this podcast, that they might see the importance and the necessity of not only uh, discipling those who are mature and training them,
but also of caring for these baby Christians. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.